Welcome to Speak Up International with Rita Burke and Elton Brown. As you are aware, on Speak Up International, we aim to, we strive to educate, inform, and inspire. The story coming from our guest today will do just that. We will be speaking with uh, Saeed Ali Nasser, who has a passion for guiding marginalized youth particularly. He also is interested in helping people to tell their stories, to learn about themselves through writing. He's an educator. He's uh, curious about social and emotional aspects of learning and is currently the lead person in a transformative writing masterclass. Meet our guest today, Mr. Saeed Ali Nasser. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be in this program, and uh, I'm glad that uh, I made it. And thank you very much for the invitation. I am so glad that you were able to make it today to spend time with us, to actually talk about some of the things that you are most passionate about. How can universities better support the unique needs and challenges faced by the LGBTQ students, particularly those who have experienced homelessness or incarceration? Uh, see, this is a good question. Uh, if we look at the community builders uh, in, in, in the communities, for example, uh, GTA, uh, for example, or the urban education centers, okay, those who are in, in, in uh, Ontario. So they have like a responsibility. I am a big believer of uh, involving higher education. And because higher education is well-structured uh, space, it has lots to offer and it has more in its you know system so uh, in order to like you know thrive uh, whatever like you know your orientation is either you are a racialized person you are lgbtq you belong to any faith group so you, you name it okay it's better that like you know you should first make it to higher education and if you are able to and there are so many you know avenues and pathways to come to the higher education and we have got lots of you know a great university in Ontario, uh, which are offering great programs. Okay, so uh, it's 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 better for uh, those who are you know voiceless. Okay, they should uh, come to the higher education. They can come to colleges. They can come to uh, you know we have got twenty six colleges in Ontario. Okay, more than that. So twenty six universities, and uh, we can uh, <clears throat> you know engage the youth and when they come to the programs in, in the universities because it's it's quite well structured uh, they can they have their you know groups these groups will help them to grow so 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 as you as you as you asked me the question about the uh, lgbtq i think it's it's very much important that first they come to higher education okay? and if i'm not saying like you know it's a must thing but it is something that you know they will feel safe because it's a very safe space, and that will uh, sort of you know put them on a launching pad into their careers, into their like you know uh, into, into voicing their concerns, you know whatever the concerns they have, because it is well structured space. Said, you refer to higher education. You see value in higher education for everyone, but particularly for people who are labeled marginalized. Could you please expand in the term higher education for us, please? Okay, so if you if you look at the higher education, when we talk about the higher ed, we talk about the universities and the colleges, okay? And these universities and colleges are well placed in Ontario. So I'll just like you know, uh, I'll 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 give you sort of uh, uh, you can you 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 can say uh, it is it's something we need to we need to understand. Uh, what, 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 what is the most important thing is that higher education is well structured, okay, and it has a lot to offer. If you if you go to any university, any college, okay, they have got all the groups, okay, and when we come to these groups or their uh, what you call the the clubs, these clubs will promote their safety and their concern, whatever the concern they have. Like, for example, you know, there is a Black Youth Alliance in colleges, okay, and then now there are anti-racist anti pedagogies, like, you know, 
uh, chairs like you know across Ontario. So so the, if you if you if you look at the higher education, higher education is quite robust in in Canada. Okay, and if you look at Ontario, we have got like you know top universities. And and if you if you if you look at like you know the the structure they have, they are well connected with the employers. They're well connected with like you know NGOs. They're well connected with you know nonprofit or government organizations. So what we need to do as 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 like for example, if a person from the marginalized background is coming into uh, the the higher ed, okay, they should first connect with their own groups, okay. Once when once they are connected with their groups, they can like you know find the possible endless possibilities of their success. So so for me, it's very much important if you look at the higher ed from that perspective. Otherwise, if you come into higher ed and you are just like, you know, taking your courses, what happens mostly when students come to higher ed, they find sort of mismatch. So they're unable to find meaning, okay? And what they do, they just like, you know, look meaning outside. What I call my student mostly, now think in this way, a student coming into my class, and when this student is coming into my class, he is in a hurry to go to his job. Okay, that is fine. You don't. It's it's it, it, it's not a big deal. You should go for your job. But the thing is that you are compromising your future for your present. Okay, higher education is a place where you can find lots of answers. By the way, and if 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 you are well connected, your future will be like you know uh, bright. But what happens to students when they come to higher education, they think that, oh, it's just only, you know, taking courses. I have got like, you know, for example, in my uh, college, you have to finish 30 courses. If you look at the undergrad, you have to finish, you know, 40 courses, okay, 40 credits. And when you finish these 40 courses and then again, you're lost. Oh, I didn't know what I've done. So, so they need to like, you know, understand the structure of their college or the university well. When they know the structure of the college and the university well, then you know they can find sort of you know collaboration and connection because these kids those who come to or the student those who come to these uh, like spaces contemplative spaces i always call them they are unlike you know intendedly what you call uh, able to find sort of you know answers and then they go and they find the answers outside which is like quite brutal the outside the, the space is outside so it's better that like you find you connect with your professor you connect with your you know, uh, colleagues or the clubs that will give you the answers. You know, one of the things that you talked about earlier was the fact of the importance of education. And I truly believe that, that everyone needs to move up and not just drop it when they finish, let's say, high school. Yeah. And then you talked about the many avenues and pathways for educational advancement. Does any of those pathways include financial support? Exactly, exactly. So, so for example, that's a very good question. Uh, when students come, like, you know, there are so many bursaries available to these students, okay? And uh, these students, like, okay, I'll, I'll give you one of the examples of my students, okay? She was in my class and uh, she was in robotics class, okay? And uh, I asked her, like, you know, what you do? So she said that, you know, I'm, I'm working uh, in a restaurant, okay? And uh, I said, fair enough. And how I, I asked her, like, you know, how much time you spend there? So she said, I spend, like, you know, let's say 40 hours, you know, uh, per week. Sometimes, like, you know, it's more than that. It's, I said, do one thing. Just focus on, like, you know, remove 10 hours from your workload, from your, like, you know, restaurant uh, job. And dedicate your 10 hours, like sincerely, to your college. Then she started focusing on that. She listened to my, you know, advice. Then after, like, you know, a few uh, months, she came up to me and then she said, you know what, uh, teacher, I just want to explore more about that. I said, yeah, that's good. So I connected her with the people, you know, within my college and uh, within my uh, space. And she got uh, a bursary. I, I think it was uh, $3,000. So that was sort of like, you know, uh, advice I gave her. She removed these 10 hours and she dedicated these 10 hours into college. And because of her grades going up, she got the bursary. So it is just like a balance. This is just one example. 
And if you if you look at like you know uh, there's so many uh, partnerships within like you know uh, colleges and outside you know uh, corporates. Uh, these partnerships also evaluate your performance. I have lots of students like you know the, those who come to my classes and then when they go outside. Uh, they find you know better opportunities because they are well placed, but they, they know the system. They have you know dedicated their time and 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 and, and their hours uh, to their uh, studies well. If you create a disconnect, like you know, if you focus more in your jobs and you are not focused on your studies, I think that will be a problem. So so there are so many opportunities within the college, as I told you, there are like you know financial aid, there are so many bursaries, there are so many like you know partnerships, you know, corporate partnerships, there are so many families, like you know, great families, they're also uh, giving uh, sort of scholarships in the name of their like you know family members. So so if if we if we if we tap into these opportunities like you know wisely. I think a student can uh, succeed, and uh, especially the marginalized student, like in the lad right now, lots of opportunities. There is so, a wall, I find, for marginalized individuals who do seek higher education mm-hmm. because they don't know from the outside looking in, they don't know where the opportunities lie, specifically financial support. So from the outside, how would an individual or marginalized individuals be able to tap into those resources? Okay, that's uh, that's a very good question. See, I think it's 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 very much important to first like you know connect with the uh, the, the 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 university or the college where you live in the community, okay? And if if you know the college, for example, if you're in 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 uh, Toronto, so there are so many colleges in Toronto and universities. So you first go and talk to the advisors or the admissions people. And once you talk to these admissions people and advisors, you know, they will sort of, you know, place you uh, in, 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 the, in, the, in universities. And, and then you start like, you know, looking for the networking opportunities. Okay? Once you look at the uh, networking opportunities, what will happen? There are like, you know, people, those who are there, they will help you. And I'll, I can give you like, you know, my class example. And I was teaching like one of my students, she's, you know, came to me and then she asked me about, uh, and she was like, you know, that was her, you know, breakdown. And she was unable to move forward because of the workload, because of so many other things. I said, you need to do one thing first, go and seek help for mental health. Okay. She went to the mental health and she got sort of like, you know, advice from there. So, so once you are in the space, then there are endless opportunities and possibilities. Okay. But if you are outside the space, you won't be able to, you know, tap into, you won't, you won't be able to explore these opportunities, what is uh, inside, like, you know, particular college or particular university so first of all i think they should step into and i'm encouraging that's why i'm like you know my my also uh activism and advocacy is also re-engaging the higher like you know youth into marginalized youth into higher education because higher education is going to structure their you know mindset is going to structure their careers what i'm hearing from you is the fact that you see these learners these students i call them learners as whole beings and they can be compartmentalized they can be put into little silos you have to look at the whole picture if you want their ultimate outcome to be positive now you referred to voiceless you use the term voiceless how does one become voiceless oh that's uh, that's uh, i you know once if you if you look at the structure of the society, okay, and if we look at uh, let's say Canada, okay, we are uh, fortunate enough that uh, we are living in a democracy, okay, but democracy doesn't mean that it has uh, offering uh, to everyone. Like you know, uh, voiceless people, you will find I can be voiceless if I'm unable to express my you know concern, if I'm unable to express my you know emotions uh, well uh, for for a student or the marginalized student who are voiceless they are basically they are you know uh, trapped they are you know anchored in their own perceptions once they are anchored in their own perceptions it is very difficult for them to break free from from the mindset that they have developed so first of all the first and foremost thing is 
that they need to connect with the community within, okay? Because community is going to help them. And if they're unable to, like for example, I am teaching one uh, master class, writing master class, and I have youth, like you know, those who are homeless, they are incarcerated, they are on probation, they are uh, on on different like you know uh, things, and they have been referred to the you know justice department. So what I teach them first thing is, you need to talk, you need to find your space, right space. Once you find your right space, you need to start, you know, voicing your concerns, okay? But in a very candid way, in a very gentle way. And from there, you try to start looking at the opportunities which are available not only to you, but also to the, like, you know, uh, your group. And voiceless people, like, for example, when, when we look from our perspective, okay, I might say I'm a you know teacher, I'm a professor. Oh, you know, uh, I I'm I have my voice. But if I'm not you know raising concern in the class sphere or or the class atmosphere, I am voiceless. So first of all, we should know what is my uh, right uh, orientation in terms of teaching. Okay, if I am uh, if I'm a teacher teacher who is trying to promote uh, anti-racism, if I'm a teacher who is trying to promote, like, you know, marginalization, like, you know, they should, they should end to, they should put an end to marginalization. So the voiceless people you will find in the society, okay? And these people are living within us. So first of all, we find how can be, like, you know, how can be voicing our concern, okay? That's the most important thing. If you're unable, we will not be, so the right answer is, again, I, let me go back to my first argument, which is we need to focus on the higher ed. You come into the higher ed, you find your groups, you find your circles of you know, uh, communication. And from there, you start developing your habits of mind, which are you know, consistency, persistency, curiosity, you know, humor. And then from there, you develop uh, all, all your skill set. And then you start you know, talking about the issues that you are facing. And let me just like you know end this into into uh, into an anecdote. Uh, the the voiceless. Uh, I had my student from Michigan. He was in my nursing class, and this kid came to me, and uh, he was feeling really overwhelmed. And he came to me, and uh, he attended his two first three classes, and then he was absent, and then he came. Uh, let's say I think it was lecture nine or ten. Then he said it like you know, professor, I am. Uh, feeling really overwhelmed. I'm unable to, you know, I say, I know you missed like, you know, three, four classes. That's okay. But what is, you know, what is, what is causing you to uh, not engage in this community of learners? Then he said that, you know, I feel uh, helpless. I feel like people say that, you know, I'm a failure. I say, see, this is, this is your perception. You're anchored in your perception of failure. You need to break free from that thing. So I, I told him how to break free from that particular mindset, okay? And then he started developing his habits of mind. And from there, right now he's a full nurse. Uh, he is doing job in Michigan, Detroit. So, so we need to first break free from the perception that we have developed. And it is, you know, uh, particular to anyone. It's not me. It's not you. It not, it's not to like any student, by the way. So... We talked about having a, a voice and how to develop this voice. So the question to me, which is twofold, one, where do you go now once you develop your voice within the educational system? How do you project it? And the second part of this is that I want to know the distinction between technical communication and cultural English? And why is that very important to international students? Mm -hmm. That's 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 an interesting question. Uh, it, it relates back to the, the, the communication uh, pattern. Uh, last night, you know, I was in a TV program and we were talking about the social uh, media. And uh, there, like, you know, we, we discuss a bit about uh, the communication thing. Uh, see, those students who come to the higher education or those who come to the classes, they are uh, 
unable to distinguish between you know the nuances of communication communication is quite you know subtle communication can be cultural communication can be political communication can be religious communication can be economic you know communication so it's it's like you know but when you look at these distinctions like you know when you look at it is cultural it is economics it is you know mathematical so this is called what we call the technical communication and if you look at the cultural communication which is again sort of like you know we have got all the media involved in this cultural communication and that media try to you know change your perception okay from their lens and whatever the lens the media is offering then we have to adopt that particular so when these student like you know when they come they first know that what is the most important thing they are doing so for example if a student is coming and they are doing let's say nursing course they are doing let's say uh, computer science they are doing let's say uh, any particular degree they first need to understand that the courses they are taking they should be well connected once they are well connected then what will they do they will develop you know their communication set skill set around this particular topic that will be their voice so for example if i am very much interested in anti racist pedagogy if i am very much interested in like you know marginalization to demarginalize i would say so what i will do i will like you know try to look at like you know who are the great theorists like for example cornell west i'm just like you know kimberly crenshaw then i have got like you know uh, derek bell like you know these are the people i will i will read their like you know books and i'll try to develop sort of you know my mindset of what they are talking about you know and then i will look at the nuances of like the information and when i'm in my space i'll try to like you know communicate well and then i'll try to connect the dots so same thing is with the nursing student if they are in nursing courses what are the most important things so for example i had one uh, student she was you know from the indigenous background and uh, she was saying that like you know i cannot connect with what is happening in the classroom uh in these classes not my classes like in in other classes i said i'm unable to connect because and i said uh, and then she said to me she said you know what i think it's not very much you know uh, close to my heart that's why i'm unable to connect with the the information that is being delivered so i said i know you're right but try to find meaning like you know within that particular you know uh, course and then i i for example so she sat with me i said look like look at disconnect the dots with your indigenous people like you know how they are being treated you know in terms of medical facilities in canada then once she started developing sort of like you know her mind i say now do one thing write paper on that thing so so that was a you know sort of light bulb moment for her and then she structured her thought around that particular topic and then she started writing on that and then when she came out i said now tell me about like you know how you feel i say i i feel very much you know relieved i say and and i have released my all like you know emotions on this paper it's just like you know thinking like you know on the paper i say yeah i know and now where are you going by the way then she said like you know see since i found my voice okay through the medium of writing through the medium of uh, particular genre okay uh, i have incorporated all these structured thought into the paper now i know what is my next step i say what is your next step i say i'm going to finish my bscn and then i'm going to help my indigenous people like you know and then i'm try to find like you know what are the medical anomalies happening in canada and other places so that i can like you know voice my concern so let me correct again back to the idea of like you know how can we voice our concern we can voice our concern when we are well structured in our mindset we cannot so, so i'm hearing i'm sorry for interrupting but i'm hearing that you one of your response you see one of your responsibilities is helping students to connect dots and that's what learning is about isn't it connecting dots exactly but you also referred to you also referred to books and i'm curious about textbooks that are used talk to us tell our listeners about relevance or what your thoughts are about textbooks that are prescribed and recommended for some of the courses please okay that's really uh, critical very critical in higher education right now higher education is consuming the knowledge which is not appropriate that is the most important thing and and as a result 
uh, higher education is everywhere it is, you know, it, it's sort of you know, facing crisis. Uh, it has like, you know, lots of things, but the, the like when I look at from the courses, it is sort of like, you know, the textbook. The textbook is in every course. If you go to the graduate classes, you have the textbook. If you go to the undergrad classes, you have the textbook. If you go to the college courses, you have the textbook. So I started thinking, like, you know, I questioning my uh, teaching habits. I say, like, why I'm using this textbook? You know, what is the reason of this textbook? So when I questioned that, I found the content and the material in these textbooks is not appropriate. And as a result, the class is sort of like, you know, feeling, you know, it, it's a kind of, you know, meaningless uh, existence in the class. You're just going there and you're teaching the content which you don't belong to. And then you're just, you know, getting out of the class and it's, 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 it's a complete disconnect. So then I started like, you know, researching around this topic and uh, I did my master's around the textbook and I found quite interesting, like, you know, information and the, the data is very uh, what happens as a, as a, as a, as a, as a teacher when we are in the classroom and we are using textbook there is a retrogression in terms of our agency we are no more agent of change as teacher we are agents of change by the way but once we are having this primer in our hand we are speaking the language which has been incorporated into this primer with the help of the forces so then what I did, I say, let me use the content. So what I use the content, like the social media, that is my number one content. I use the popular media, like newspaper and magazines. I use research paper, like, you know, those who are like, you know, well-established research paper. It has been cited more than like, you know, 100 times or 2000 times. That was, that become my content. As it became my content, I realized that the, the real knowledge lies in these areas if you look at i was let me just like you know connect it here to the sociology of education perspective see sociology of education says whatever the textbooks are and it's in the, in the encyclopedia whatever the textbooks are they are just you know theoreticals and they just present the theoretical concept if you want the real sociology you find the social media you go and see and then you will get it so that was my like you know sort of light bulb moment for me and i said oh i think i better check like what is there and then i started you know accumulating the content like the the reliable content uh, it's not like you know anyone can post anything on the blog and i can just you know grab it and then i am giving to my student and it's my agenda no i got the responsible content and that responsible content is in social media like uh, newspapers and I'm, I'm, I'm especially when I talk about social media, I'm just talking about newspapers, newspapers, like, you know, magazines, well-respected magazine, by the way. Uh, and then I offered that, you know, uh, content to my student. So the textbook is, I think, is, 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 is a very detrimental uh, tool that is uh, hindering the, 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 the progress of uh, students per se. And also, it is sort of a, a, a cog in the machine in terms of higher education. One of the things that you are passionate about is re-engaging rationalized immigrants into Canadian higher education. Can you talk to us a little bit about that, please? So uh, it's the, let me just like, you know, go back and uh, deliberate on my, my classes. So when I was in my uh classes i was teaching uh, my college student i saw uh, in the college there is a lack of representation of black student lack of representation of you know bipoc student i would say you know per se and uh, for example robotics i didn't see any black student there by the way robotics classes i didn't see any uh, there are like you know you just have one or two student okay so, which is not, you know, indicative of the representation, by the way. It's just like, you know, someone knows, then you uh, come. And then they come and then, you know, they got the admission. So, it's not like, you know, uh, an overall. So, so I started like, you know, looking the looking into the ways, like how can I re-engage those who are in other courses? And I asked them that, you know, it's better that you transfer your 
like this course into uh, like for example uh, the course which are demanding right now very much you know in demand and uh, for example robotics is in high demand uh, also uh, you know you say mechatronics is is in high demand i taught that course biomedical engineering is in high demand i couldn't find i i found lack of representation there so i think it's 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 very much important that like you know as 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 colleges and universities are growing they should also look into the ways to engage the marginalized youth and especially black uh, and uh, bipoc student very much like you know into the system now here is a very important thing we should not uh, we should not uh, match or we should not mix the bipoc student with international student okay because international student they are not uh, living in canada they have the like in you know, a study permit and they have not as equal rights like i would say because you know they are uh, if you if you if you read like again and again the the things happening to international student so so and they are like you know what is happening this is one of the crisis of its, itself by the way they are coming for higher education and they are like they're seeking the refugee status so 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 we should not mix this is something very important we should know just just just, just for information so if you are thinking that like you know you see everywhere my 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 type of faces your type of faces might be the, the kid is coming from you know india or nigeria or from any african country or from like you know uh, pakistan or so, so somewhere from like you know middle east so they are just like our face so they are international student by the way they are not like you know uh, kenyan citizens okay so we need to focus on that you know important thing that those who are living in 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 ontario we should reengage them first and then try to find opportunities like you know uh, for them to succeed in in the market i don't know about you but even though i'm not going to be taking your course your master class i'm curious about it walk us through that master class that's coming up or that has started please uh it's the this is the master class and uh, this is called empower pen writing master class empower pen and uh, this is class is going to start uh monday december 11 and 6 pm and uh, and i'm just like you know walking you through what is in this master class and i've got uh five sessions all together and they're spread across like you know every month there is one session and in that session i'm going to structure the thoughts of the students so let me just like you know quickly touch upon the first class what is the first class the first class is all about uh, i will discuss about writing is not for the sake of writing writing is basically for the sake of character building so when you write you're developing your character that's a new perspective okay then uh, in the uh, second session i will talk about autobiography and the structuring of thought so then again i'm going to connect the dots you know from the last class and i say as you are developing your character it's time for you to think about where you want to go okay so it's it's not about you know per se writing it's about sort of giving them sort of vision that where you want to go and when we write we structure ourselves so for example the third session you know i'm 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 talking about the the importance of you know or the power of writing okay and how can how can they uh, write through storytelling and then you know i will explain i will tell them my stories that what happens to me uh, when i am like you know not writing or what happened to me when i was in like you know in my space and i was unable to express so writing is the right medium when people come and they express you know their their ideas then i'm i'm talking about my fourth session it is a bit you know complicated psychological uh, sort of mind i'd say it's you know from tanglement to distanglement what is that the human complicated human psychology what happens like you know when we are writing okay and uh, are we going to regulate our emotion are we going to regulate our emotional like a social aspect so this is what exactly happen when we write okay and writing is thinking on the paper this is the last uh, part which is when you are writing you are putting your thinking on the paper which is like you know you are try you are trying your level best to structure your career your path for the future and for the way forward i would agree with you uh, totally on that 
uh, as a writer, I, I think personally, I, I do a dump first. I just dump all of whatever it is that's on my mind on a piece of paper. And then I go back and then I actually structure it in a way where people can understand it. Or at least I hope that they're able to, to understand it. So I do see where that is an extremely important uh, skill to have in whatever the profession you, you happen to be in. If you cannot uh, communicate well with the individuals you are working with, then you're 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 going to be in in trouble. I remember you talked about um, incentives and programs that have shown you've actually helped people, especially the incarcerated. I guess that's the one that I'm most interested in right now. And do you have any positive stories where? you were able to help an incarcerated individual, individuals transition into a higher education and achieve academic success? So so I have like, you know, in my classes, when I teach, I have got like a student, you know, uh, they have different, but this master class is just like, you know, started. So I'm like, you know, planning to have a fruitful conversation and I'm planning to have fruitful, you know, result uh, out of this master class, and I have students like you know from different backgrounds in this in this class, so I can like you know, I can easily uh, help, and I can and and I have the like you know track record when, when people come to my classes, okay, and then they have got these backgrounds. Uh, so I'm I, because of the confidentiality reason, I cannot talk about more, but I I do have uh, data which which shows that you know when you purposefully engage youth okay they are successful they are successful it's not like you know you become disengaged with them and then like you know you you are uh, leaving them to their tender mercies no when you once you purposefully engage uh, with them they are successful and and the data is uh, very clear uh, if you look at the uh, ontario justice system okay uh, if if you if you look at the 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 way like you know uh, people have been implicated here so so i think it's it's better that we should focus more on the individuals and we should like you know focus on their abilities rather than like you know their uh, their mindset that what they are doing and 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 i have my student you know those who are in the higher education right now and they are living like like living successful lives by the way after graduating and uh, yeah it seems to me as if you're really committed to student success. And I, I'm very, very impressed with that approach to education. What would you say is the best piece of counselor advice you have ever been given? Oh, uh, see, as a, as a teacher, and I think Rita, you're also, you were also a professor, you know, we have got lots of stories to share. And uh, I had my one uh, Latino student and, uh, he was uh, in my class and he faced sort of like, you know, bullying in the class. And he was very committed. And uh, let me get back, like, I will come back to the point of advice. Let me just share this anecdote. And uh, he was severely bullied by, uh, you know, his classmates, his peers. And he came up to me and I, I said, like, what is happening with you? He said, uh, I think I might drop the course. I said, no, you should not drop the course. I said, I might drop the whole program. And he was really brilliant. He was in robotics and he was the only Latino. Okay, Latino. And I said, like, no, you should know. Like, what is the point? He said, no. Then he sent me a broken email. His language was not good, but his expressions were all there. I can read everything, every single word. And I can easily visualize, you know, what he has gone through. So then I asked him to again connect to the, you know, people in the college. And I say, you go there, meet them, like, you know, try to voice your concern. And then he came back to me, he said, the best thing you could do or you have done that you wrote. Once you know how to write, even if it is broken, it will give you structure. And what I always advise my student, 
that you need to know one thing. Nobody is going to replace you until you are willing to replace yourself. You should know that you are irreplaceable. And think about your family. Think about your, like, you know, people around you, those who are in, in, your, in your, like, you know, circle. Do you think that, you know, you are uh, doing service to them or you're doing disservice to them? Why you're here? So then he started questioning his existence. He said, so I try to like, you know, create sort of uh, emotional uh, aspect and then the social aspect in, in their personality. And that's why I always give my student. So now let me come back to the advice piece. This is what I, exactly I told him. And I told my all student that, see, the change is hard and the progress is joyous. So if you want the change and if you want to be joyous, you have to like, you know, break your comfort zone. And if you break your comfort zone right now, okay, the more suffering you have right now, the more prosperous life you will be in the, you, you, you will be having in the future. So that's why I, I always, you know, offer my student. So in other words, you tell them to ease into the pain. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's really best, you know, best put up. You're right. Ease. So you also talk about the methodology that's employed in the study, particularly using secondary data analysis and Bernstein's theoretical lens of elaborate code and restricted code. How does all of that mesh together in order to help students move in a positive direction? Okay, so that's uh, good. Let me just like, you know, go back and uh, a bit quickly talk about Bernstein. Bernstein, like he was in uh, London, uh, UK. And uh, in the 60s, he conducted the studies that a student from the rich background, okay, they speak more. A student from the uh, poor background, they speak less. That was sort of like, you know, and that's how he said, those who speak more, uh, it's in a, in a simple way, it's uh, restricted. And, and he talked about the elaborate code, which means like, you know, they elaborate more. So from the rich neighborhoods, students have tendencies to elaborate more. And from the poor neighborhoods, students have tendency to restrict their, you know, uh, communication patterns. So then I, 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 I was reading that you know, piece and I, I applied that piece into my student. I say, let me just look at that. And I think it's absolutely right theory that if you know more, you will talk more. If you don't know, you will be silent, okay? So then I started developing sort of like, you know, their mindset that how can you like, you know, talk? And again, in within the communication, as, as I told you earlier, there are so many steps and there's there, 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 there's so many nuances involved. Okay, is it a cultural communication? Is it, uh, is it, is it a, a technical communication? And technical communication, you know what it means. It means like, you know, you are subject specific. It can be from mathematics. It can be from, you know, computer science. It can be from nursing. It can be from uh, teacher's education. It can be like, you name it, okay? And within that thing, like, you know, what sort of things you are going through, or what sort of, what is your reading list, by the way? And if your reading list is quite rich, okay, within that technical field, I think you will be a great thinker, you will be a great writer, you will be a great, like, you know, uh, employee in, in the future. But if you have got, like, you know, restricted within that, like, you know, particular uh, symmetry, if you have got restricted, like, you know, reading list, then again, you will be a poor communicator. So I applied all these theories into my like, you know, classes and I say, let me just figure it out. And I found out like, you know, when as we as teachers, we have to find these nuances and we have to offer the class these, uh, uh, you know, answers so that, you know, I know like, you know, they, 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 they are unable to find, but we have to offer them as, as, as faculty. And the answer is not in the textbook, by the way. The answer is, uh, in like, you know, your reading list, as I told you. So if you want to be a, a very contemplative thinker or come contemplative, you know, writer or, or teacher, you have to extend your knowledge base. 
Now, you know, your knowledge base is not like you go in the class and you just have the textbook and you offer and then you come back. You say, you know, I'm done my work. No, it's not like that. You have to explore new avenues. You have to explore new knowledge areas so that you can offer them. And then like, you know, that will be a successful. And if your students are successful, you are successful. That is so true. It's because of them that you are there. Exactly. Exactly. So ultimately, what you're saying is, if they're successful, you're successful. So today on Speak Up International, we're speaking with Mr. Saeed Ali Nasser. And he's an educator, he is an advocate, and he believes passionately about higher education. So I'd like for you to tell us, to tell our listeners then, who or what is responsible for the person that you are today? Oh, that's a good question. First of all, I would say my father. I'm very much inspired, you know, by his teachings, my mother. And then my study supervisor. I think he has impacted uh, a lot, Dr. Andrew Allen. He has shaped me who I am right now and the way, like, you know, and I really associate my success to him. And obviously, like, you know, my father was a person who always uh, wanted me to be uh, like, you know, talkative because all parents want. So uh, I was like, you know, and then he is giving his books to me and read. So my father is always there, my mother. But uh, I think uh, as, a, as, a, as an edu- educator, I think uh, my, my study supervisor, Dr. Andrew Allen, is really much uh, important in this journey. Uh, and he has really shaped me who I am right now. And my advocacy, my uh, we co-teach, by the way. Uh, sometimes he comes to my classes, was, you know, and uh, this is this is what he has offered me, and I am trying to uh, like offer to my student what he has to talk. How has uh, storytelling helped the re-engaged rationalize you? Okay, so if you if you look at from the perspective of uh, storytelling, I think if we will not uh, tell our stories to our student and are genuine stories, they won't be able to uh, be successful. So we have to, uh, and it's it's very much important because uh, when we tell them stories in our classes, what will happen, okay, or what's going to happen, they will, uh, you know, uh, listen to us and they will re-engage with the society, okay, in a very positive way. But if we're not going to tell them the, the stories, that we have gone through the real stories. Like, for example, if I may think about my arrival to Canada, okay, which is I came, I stayed in a hotel. I don't know, like, you know, I stayed there and it was, and then it, it's just a whole story. Like, you know, I, I when I reflected, you know, and I remember like, you know, when you might have come to Canada, what was your situation? So when we tell about that, you know, if I can be successful in these circumstances, why not you, by the way? Okay, I have gone through all this, you know, ups and downs, and I have seen all the. So this is the most important part of the storytelling, and you know, storytelling is something. It it really uh, triggers. It really you know triggers glimmers of hope in a student when you relate when you when you relate your stories to them, when you tell them, and and it's very and I think it's from the neuroscience perspective. It's very very like you know, uh, very. Uh, Evidence-based. It says uh, when we tell our student, like you know, what we have gone through, okay, we break the myth. For example, if I'll tell my student, you know what, writing is something big. Oh, writing is like you know, impossible task. They will say, oh, it's impossible. So why should I do? They will give up. But if I'll try to create sort of atmosphere, a conducive atmosphere, and I will offer them, I'll tell you, you know what, writing, it's a process. It's not a product, okay? If you're looking for a product, you go and buy the textbook or you buy the other books. You just forget about them, then don't write anything. So if you want to be a writer, you become, first of all, a great thinker. Read more, read more. And then once you read more, then you write. Then you put your thinking on the paper. So it's a whole process also. I relate my like you know, journey to them. I say, if you want to be a writer, it's not a, like, you know, it's, it's not one or two day process. It, it's a time, like it's it's time consuming process. And uh, you have to show your perseverance in this process of writing because 
<clears throat> writing is going to put you on the right path at the end of the day. Yeah. You have definitely uh, shown us the way that you go about helping your students find their voice and where they can go to pro to project it. You are so passionate about your students, Canadian and the international students. Your master class empowers students so that they find a way to prepare their thoughts, ready them in order to uh, project them. The most important thing out of this conversation is talking about encouraging the students to find avenues and paths in order to upgrade their education and find support. I really thank you so much for joining us uh, today. And I hope that we get to an opportunity to talk to you again in the future. Thank you very much. And it was a pleasure meeting both of you, Rita and Elton. And I'm glad that you know I came to the program and I voice uh, my uh, issues. Now, it's not issues like you know my, my talk. And uh, that's really great to connect with you. And thank you very much for this opportunity. Thank you for listening to Speak Up! Exclamation Point International. If you wish to contact Saeed Alay Nassau Zadi, please leave your name, your email address, and the reason why you wish to contact Saeed Alay Nassau Zadi to info at speakuppodcast.ca. Are you interested in the opportunity to be interviewed and have your cause promoted by Speak Up! Exclamation Point International? We invite you to connect with us by sending a message that includes your name, company or organization name, the valuable service you offer to your community, and your email address to info at speakuppodcast.ca. Worried about your confidence as a interviewee? Don't fret. Speak Up! Exclamation Point International can provide you with the necessary training so that you shine during an interview. To receive training information about the Speak Up! Exclamation Point International podcast interviewee program, email us at info at speakuppodcast.ca. You can also reach us using Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. To connect to our podcast, use Spotify or your favorite podcast platform and search for Speak Up! Exclamation Point International. You can also find our podcast using our web address, www.speakuppodcast.ca. You can also find our podcast using our web address, speakuppodcast.ca. Our logo has the woman with her finger pointing up, mouth open, speaking up. At Speak Up International, we aim to inspire, to inform, and to educate. Thank you.